to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, happy Thanksgiving. I am honored that you are spending your Thanksgiving listening to this. Honestly, I'm truly honored. But I won't be hurt if you're not. I really hope you're enjoying your day with family, friends, loved ones, yourself, your cat, your dog, whoever you're spending Thanksgiving with. I hope you are enjoying it. I hope you are doing something that makes you happy and that you're eating delicious food. I mean, this is America, so I'm sure you are eating a lot of delicious food. Anyways, what I want to remind you about is that tomorrow will be Black Friday. Tomorrow's and the day after this comes out will be Black Friday, and there are a lot of incredible sales. If you're not already on my newsletter list, make sure you sign up for that because I'm going to send out an email tomorrow with all of the best deals so that you can get everything on sale and it will really help you out. You can sign up for my newsletter by going to my website, christinaricewellness.com or going directly to bit.ly slash CRW newsletter and you can sign up right there and also get a free download with one of my free guides. But trust me, you're going to want this list of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all the deals. We all love the deals. And check out the holiday gift guides up on my website for some ideas about what to pick up this season for other people or, you know, for yourself or, you know, to ask someone to get for you. I've got all my top suggestions. And I know this week is going to be crazy in terms of so many amazing sales, beauty counter, Blue Blocks, Four Sigmatic, Just Thrive Probiotic, so many more are going to be having amazing sales. And I'm also offering discounts on my ebooks and programs. So if you want to get my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, it's an online DIY self-study course, then you can go to bit.ly slash Paleo Women Lifestyle and you'll get 20% off if you use the code BF2019. That's BF2019, and you can find my course linked on my website as well, or bit.ly slash paleowomenlifestyle. And you can also get 20% off of my sugar-free dessert ebooks, hashtag no sugar, no problems. I sell my two installments as a bundle, and I also sell them individually. So you can find links to those on my website. Or if you want the bundle, go to gum.co slash NSNP bundle and use the code BF2019 for 20% off. So happy Black Friday. With those alone, you're going to get, you know, Almost 50 sugar-free, sweetener-free dessert recipes, paleo, vegan, 
all the yummy things with no sugar, no stevia, no monk fruit, no xylitol, no high glycemic fruits. Great if you're low carb, if you're keto, any of that. You're going to get that, and then you're going to get my whole online course, The Paleo Woman Lifestyle Program, where I teach you everything every woman needs to know to optimize her health using a paleo approach. We cover nutrition, fitness, stress management, body image, grocery shopping, cooking hacks, sleep, avoiding the most common health mistakes, all of the things. So it's a very exciting time. I hope that you are ready to get your holiday shopping on, get it out of the way, and then you'll be good for the rest of the season. So those are my updates for you. Now let's talk about today's guest. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. Today I'm chatting with Jill Thomas. Jill is an intuitive hypnotherapist. She's the author of the books Feed Your Real Hunger, Getting Off the Emotional Treadmill That Keeps You Overweight, and Tales from the Trance. And Jill uses intuitive hypnotherapy to help her clients get past limiting beliefs, discover their authentic selves. She helps them reach their lifestyle and wellness goals like weight loss, overcoming phobias, healing from toxic relationships, enhancing their athletic performance, attracting prosperity. The list goes on. Jill is amazing. And I wasn't really into hypnotherapy that much before I started chatting with her, and we just became fast friends. I seriously love her. She's amazing. And I started getting hypnotherapy from her after because I just liked her so much, and we just jive. She's a great personality. But in terms of hypnotherapy, amazing. After my first session, I have never felt so calm and peaceful. It was incredible, and I just didn't realize before learning more about hypnotherapy how effective this can be for so many different health struggles. I used to think of hypnotherapy as the guy at grad night who, you know, put people under a trance and then made them do funny things, but you can do so many powerful things with hypnotherapy, everything from getting rid of anxiety to getting rid of phobias or tics. for me, I, w- I wanted to focus on procrastination and self-healing, and I just can't recommend it enough, so I definitely recommend checking out Jill if you're interested in this. And she is extremely intuitive and can do some psychic work as well, which I think really helps round it out and make it just an amazing experience. So I cannot recommend her services enough. In this episode, we dive into all things hypnotherapy, past life regressions, becoming an intuitive, relationships money blocks, all the things. She does a little bit of reading for me, so you might find that interesting. You're going to love this. You can find more from Jill at soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. That's where you can look up all of her work and book a session if you're interested in that. Again, I cannot recommend it enough, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Jill Thomas. This is what people want to know. Is it do you just see like dead people around you or do you call Not it in with my eyes? Mm-hmm. I see it in my mind's mm-hmm. eye and I do call it in because otherwise I am literally pestered everywhere I go. I mean, mm-hmm. every medium will tell you that it's, it's <laughs> no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have hours mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> have to make an appointment. The yeah. client makes an appointment and only their relatives are allowed to visit me and that's how it works. Yeah. And, um, when you get better at, at being setting boundaries, it's easier to, to say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they really have to work to get my attention now. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
But not at the beginning? Not at the beginning because I didn't know how to control it as well. Tell me about the beginning. When did this start? I'm like waking up and there's a dead person in my room. And I know they don't have a body. And then uh, the first person I like, are you ever seeing saw. seeing them? This one I did see. This The very first one was actually my uncle. Mm. He had died uh, when I was two. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know. I'd only met him a couple of times, but he had come back from Vietnam with Agent Orange poisoning. Mm. So he, he died of leukemia, basically. Wow. And he came into my room, and he was—I was talking to him, and I—I I knew something wasn't right because mm-hmm. he was just all—he was a light. But I could—I could actually see him, and um, he kissed my cheek. I could remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And then you know we chatted a little bit, and told me he loved me, and he was always going to be around. And then he—he he disappeared. Mm. And. Um, you know, and then there would be more people. Sometimes I would see, like, my grandfather's mother, her, his actual biological mother. I saw her, even though he was raised by somebody else, and we'd been told that that was his mom. But we, but I knew it wasn't his mom because his mom was there and telling me that, you know, she was really sorry about what happened and all the whole thing. And this was not encouraged by my family. This was, you're talking, your imaginary friends, you're talking to your imaginary friends. And I, so I pushed it down because every time I would see something, at first I was, I was literally seeing them with my eyes. Every time I would see something, I would hear you're making that up. That's not true from my family. And I thought, okay, well maybe they're right. Cause mom and dad are God when you're a kid. Yeah. So I believed all of that. And so I would just say, okay, I'm making this up. It must be true. Go away. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until later on when I realized or we discovered that, Hey, you know, people, people do this. <laughs> people mm-hmm. do see dead people. And sometimes they give them good information. Sometimes they don't, you know, one of the things that's interesting too, I think it's helpful for people to know is that there's a difference between visiting a, a spirit guide and your dead grandma. Mm-hmm. So dead grandma might tell you she doesn't like the guy you're dating and that you shouldn't be wearing yellow, right? But your spirit guide is going to say something bigger picture. Your role in this world is to help heal others. Your role is to make a big impression, whatever your thing is, mm-hmm. right? The spirit guide is going to give you that bigger picture information. Dead grandma is going to be giving you information that, that, that dead grandma would say. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so dead grandma might not always be uh, speaking, you know. She's not an enlightened but, being. But, okay. I mean, maybe maybe yours is. Mine was not. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> dead grandma is not going to tell me about my mission to help heal people, right? Because mm-hmm. she doesn't know about that. She just cares that I'm wearing yellow and I need to wash my shoes more often. I mean, that's the kind of thing she would have said when she was alive. Mm-hmm. And when she's dead, she's still that person. Mm-hmm. She's expressing more love because she can feel she's closer to the love. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. So I want to talk to people's spirit guides. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, can we talk about souls for a second? Yeah. Because so if someone, let's say you're seeing dead grandma, does that mm-hmm. mean that she hasn't passed over? If she, oh, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing. When you talk to different mediums and different psychics, they'll have, pardon me, different opinions on that. They're, they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. And they're living, they're, they're learning things, they're growing, they're getting information, they're hanging out with you. Does it mean they've crossed over? It's hard to say what that crossing over means. Mm-hmm. I can say, though, having worked with, having seen a lot of dead people and having them have conversations with me, that I've never heard anything about hell. I've heard... I'm in training. I had a relative of somebody come in who was a, a child molester and he admitted that he had done what he called inappropriate things with this girl, now a woman. And, but he was telling us that he was in training. He was learning to, to uh, become a different person, that he was making amends for the mistakes that he'd made. And he was like a training is what he was going through. He described it that way. And that was the only way he could describe it. But it wasn't, I'm burning in the fires of hell you know, I'm a bad person. I, I shouldn't have done, I mean, he shouldn't have done any of those things, but it was all about retraining and learning. And that's mm-hmm. what I kept hearing from him. Okay. Interesting. So 
at what point did you realize, you know, you said you'd push things down and then you realized, oh, people actually do this. Like, when was that? I was probably 10 or 12. I grew up with like probably a lot of your listeners with this idea that a Christian doesn't doesn't talk to dead people. They don't play mm-hmm. with tarot cards, that the psychic stuff is is bad and wrong and it makes you a witch. Mm-hmm. And it was probably when I was 10 or 12 when I got older and I started, you know, I was watching Oprah. Mm-hmm. I was like seeing that there's different kinds of people out there in the world and they're doing different things. And I'm not so sure that God really cares. God gave me this gift. Why would Why would he or she put me in a bad place for using it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got two arms. I'm not allowed to use one of them. Why would I do that? Yeah. So, so does your family understand or accept it now? They don't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And whether they accept it or not, they've kind of kept it to themselves. My very conservative Christian family is, we're not really in contact, but it's mm-hmm. not because they don't like me. Is we just don't have a lot in common. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of common ground there, but in terms of my parents, you know, they're not sure about the past life regression stuff. They really aren't excited about that, but and they don't really want to know but I think you know to them I'm just Jill yeah I don't think they really care yeah well I wonder if they're like what does she know about me you know that's a good question if they if they've never asked me that yeah but they might be thinking it you know that would be interesting um dad it's okay to ask me yeah (laughs) but would you Do, do you read or anything for like family or close I, I get impressions. There's things that I can't hold back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I can see that my father is troubled sometimes about things that he's done. I can mm-hmm. see that. But I'm not trying to snoop because, quite mm-hmm. frankly, if I were to go to, like, the Del Mar Fair, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there, a fair, a mm-hmm. fair, let's just say any fair, there's millions of people there, all this energy, and they all have spirit guides, and they all have dead relatives around them. If I were to turn it on there, yeah, I'd get just explode. Right there. I'd explode. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to snoop. It's none of my yeah. business. You know, if if you made an appointment, you've made an exchange with me, then I have been given permission to snoop into your aura and look around. Mm-hmm. But if until that time, it's none of my business. Yeah. Okay. So you're 10 or 12 and you're starting to realize, okay, maybe I don't need to push this down. Then what? Then something really scary happened. So I saw I had a vision of somebody breaking their arm and I couldn't see who it was and I couldn't see any circumstances. But then I went to school the next day and one of my best friends had had a biking accident and she broke her arm. And I remember saying to spirit, you know, who I remember saying, whoever's in charge of this, mm-hmm. unless I can do something about it, if it's something bad, I don't want to see it. Mm. And it was funny how, you know, I make this deal with spirit and they say, okay, sure. I'm not going to show you anything bad unless you can do something about it. So I really never saw up until I was probably, you know, later in life, maybe later twenties. Um, I didn't see the really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I would see, messages of love i would see you know that somebody's going to get this job they're telling me about a job they're going to a job and if i can see they're going to get it or i can see that they're not going to get it or i can see that they're going to get it and they're not going to like the guy because he's a douchebag i'm mm-hmm. i'm going to i'll see stuff like that mm-hmm. but i i wasn't seeing car accidents i wasn't seeing things like that okay so how do you know if what you're seeing is just like you thinking it imagining it versus like this is going to happen it's a good question and we all wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is my projection, mm-hmm. um, particularly if I'm going through something similar. So with medical stuff, particularly, I have a trouble with medical stuff. It's hard, harder for me because when I have medical problems of my own, I will tend to see thyroid imbalances in the people across from me more. Yeah. So I will usually say to the person, I'm going through this too. This is what I'm seeing for you. But take it with a grain of salt because, because I see this in you and I'm going through it. it. There may be a little bit of projection there. I usually just admit it. Yeah. Um, and if I'm going, if I'm looking to move to a different location, I suddenly start seeing a lot of clients who are all looking to move to Seattle, for example, 
then I, I start to wonder, well, maybe that's a little bit of my own projection. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, I'll be a little more vague. I, th- I see that you're going to move. I'm kind of feeling like it's Pacific Northwest, but I'm not 100% sure on this. Is there a place you've been looking at moving? That okay. kind of thing. Okay. Feeling it from there. Yeah. And there's a, it takes a while. I would say it takes practice, but you do, there's a different feeling mm-hmm. when it's your own ego, when it's your own projection. Mm-hmm. There's a different feeling than when it's somebody else's thing. There's this quiet peace about it. Mm-hmm. The harder question I would say I get a lot is, is he cheating on me? Should I be dating Bob or should I be dating Bill? You know, those are harder. How do you navigate that? <laughs> well, if you're asking me if somebody's cheating on you, I already know that something's wrong with your relationship. And I can say to the person, it doesn't take a psychic to tell you if you're asking this question, something <laughs> needs to be looked at. Yeah. Um, and I always encourage, you should go to marriage counseling or relationship counseling because mm-hmm. if, if you feel like this is going on, this is something that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, totally. And she's gorgeous. Yeah, this is wow. And I, that girl's going to get pregnant soon. I mean, I don't say that, mm-hmm. but I always kind of navigate it with asking, having the client ask themselves, what would you do if he was? What would you, how mm-hmm. would this be? What do you need to heal? And, and I always, generally the spirit guides are not going to say, you know, she needs to break up with him. They're going to say, he, she needs to work on her emotions. She needs to work on her self-esteem and her self-confidence because if she thinks he's cheating and she's staying with him, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. That's what the spirit guides always want to look at. So they're not always going to give you a straight, like, yes, yeah, stay with him. No, it's more of like big picture. It's usually big picture. I, although I will occasionally get, yes, you stay with him. Mm. Um, particularly if it's, we're going through something as a couple, I will hear a lot of, you guys are going to work through this. I think you're going to work through this and you'll become stronger at the end of it. But that other what question is is tough now should i be dating bob or bill that's easier because believe it or not energetically i can kind of see okay bob feels more congruent bill doesn't feel as congruent mm-hmm. um i've had an odd story for, from a client who asked that same question i was and it and i think it was actually bob and bill she was dating two guys and and i said i'm getting a hard no on bill for some reason i don't know why but i'm just getting an absolute no on bill and she says you know, I wasn't sure. I was maybe thinking maybe I shouldn't be dating Bill because, well, after our second date, he sent me a picture of his junk. Oh, my God. And I went, really? So you had to pay me to find out that a guy who sent you that after one date might not be your soulmate? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Did you not have a girlfriend you could have called because she would have set you straight? Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. So are a lot... Is that what a lot of people are coming about, like, uh, with relationships? Like, should I be with this person? Should I not? That's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. The the real question that people want to know is, am I loved? Mm -hmm. That's the... That's the entire question. Mm -hmm. It shows up in a lot of forms. It shows up in, does my mother-in-law... What does my mother-in-law think of me? What does my employer think of me? What does my friend Jane think of me? What does my sister-in-law think of me? That's really interesting to me that people ask what someone else thinks of them. Yeah. They just want to know their love. They want to know, um, I'll get, is he going to propose? When's he going to propose? I'll get. So are you able to get that like timeline of like when that's going to happen? Sometimes I am. Um, keeping in mind that on the other side, they don't run time the way we do. Yeah. So usually they'll show me a, and this happened recently, they'll show me a holiday. Mm. So um, a client was asking him when he's going to propose. And I was, I kept hearing Diwali, Diwali. And I wasn't sure when that was. Mm-hmm. I think it's in, I think this year it's in October or something. But so I, I said, I, I'm getting Diwali, or I, I will still show me symbols, like uh, the Day of the Dead, you know, they'll show me symbols that I can, that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll just say, you need to work on yourself first. We don't really want you focusing on it. We want you focusing on your business. We want you focusing on other things. Mm-hmm. Because spirit, particularly with women, doesn't want you to be focusing on, is he going to bring me a ring? And when is mm-hmm. it going to be? And how big is it going to be? And am I going to have to return it? 
they want you focusing on yourself Mm -hmm. because we fixate so much on this other person as the prize Mm -hmm. when we're the prize. Yeah. 100%. Also though, can't, I mean, maybe spirit will say when it's going to be, but can't something change in their life that would put the timeline off different. Yep. 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 And the best way a woman can screw that up is by giving a guy a ultimatum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You go to him and you say, uh, yeah, my ovaries are getting older. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a ring within the next three months. And guys, I don't know what it is about men. Maybe one of these men will explain this to me. But they they like to be the one to decide that part mm-hmm. of it. And so, yeah, you know, you're in your 30s. It's okay to make it clear that you're not gonna be living with them for the next 20 years. But don't the whole ultimatum thing is not usually a good idea. Yeah. Well, I always think a certain type of person should see a psychic. And if you're the type of person where if what they tell you is going to change everything you do, it's not really going to be that useful. Cause I feel like that shifts the timeline or what's going to happen. Does that make sense? Like it does make sense. I, I find it. I mean, I go to a psychic myself. There's mm-hmm. one actually not far from where you live <laughs> that I like. I, and, and because I get confused about things too. Mm-hmm. So a, a psychic is helpful with decisions, like particularly with business decisions for myself. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I just need an outsider to say, yeah, that seems right, and this one doesn't. And I'm not yeah. necessarily looking for psychic advice as, as much as I am another business owner who does something similar. Mm-hmm. Have you had experience with this online booking system? What mm-hmm. do you think? You know, it's helpful to hear that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just helpful to talk to somebody. Yeah. But even any psychic will tell you they don't want you making a major life decision based entirely on the psychic thing. I, I'll give you a story. A friend of mine is an actor. And he was telling us that he'd gone to the psychic and said that he was going to be moving from Santa Monica to Orange County. Mm-hmm. And he, so he packs up his stuff, goes to Orange County. And for six months, which is how long the lease was, he was miserable because he kept having to drive up to LA to go to events to see if, you know, if he's going to get the part in the show mm-hmm. or whatever to acting things. And he hated it. And he wished he hadn't made that decision. And he said, he, he put it best. He said, I wish I'd just sat there and intellectually thought about whether this makes sense or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. Can we talk about reading for yourself and how that can be difficult? You know, so it's like, like you go to another psychic, you know, to get their outsider perspective and like you prefer that than like just asking for yourself or do you feel like, Oh no, I'll ask for myself too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of times you, I also want very practical advice mm-hmm. and they're, they're thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm my example of which online booking software mm-hmm. I should use, right? Spirit's going to say, Online booking is great because we want you to be able to have clients book while you're camping in the wilderness and you have no access to the internet. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, you're going to use this one rather than this one because this one has a better plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? They're not really here on earth in the same way that we are. So mm-hmm. that can be helpful. I can read things for myself. I definitely get impressions. I keep seeing that things, there's a, something coming in my future. I keep seeing that me moving to another state. I keep seeing that. But Do you know where? I, I think Pacific Northwest. That's why I use that oh, example yeah, of Seattle. Okay. It's it's not Seattle, but I feel like it may be Portland area. I'm mm-hmm. not sure 100. percent So how do you know that's that versus you just wanting to move there? W- would it make Would it make any difference? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, because they keep showing me this house by a lake, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, is there a big porch? Is there a hot tub? Because I really want a hot tub. You know, is there? <laughs> yes, it's a hot tub. <laughs> a hot tub. There'd be a hot tub, whether Spirit said so or not. There'd be a hot tub. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you, but. I keep feeling that and what I keep feeling that there's going to be an opportunity there for me and for my husband that, that isn't necessarily here where I live in San Diego. What does he do? He's a software engineer. Mm. I married a programmer. Can you believe it? Not only that, <laughs> he's an atheist. So <laughs> <laughs> as polar opposite as you can get. When did you guys meet? 
Oh my gosh, this is even better. We met at church like 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. His mother was my mother's, my brother's Sunday school teacher at a church in Encinitas. Oh, okay. And he was, you know, there because he was forced to go. Yeah. And then we became friends and then we dated other people and then we ended up getting back, you know, getting together. And yeah. He's pretty cute. Well, she's pretty cute. Maybe this, is, maybe this is a good match. So how does what, has what you do impacted your relationship at all? It is. I think he's intrigued with it. Uh-huh. I know people say that they always want a couple, you know, partner who's exactly on the same page with them with with these things. He doesn't disagree. Mm-hmm. He just he doesn't see dead people. He's not 100 percent sure I'm seeing them mm-hmm. either. But he's been very supportive, and I think mm-hmm. he finds it interesting and intriguing because mm-hmm. he gets. I drag him to like ghost hunt stuff, and he pretends <laughs> that he, fun. you know, he pretends he hates it, but yeah. I know he loves it. Yeah, you know, he pretends this, he makes he enjoys making fun of it, but. He's really intrigued. Yeah. Have you done a reading for him? Uh, he's never asked me and I've never done it. Oh, okay. I mean, if, if he asked you, would you? Of course. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, he, we, we're tied together. So anything that I'm going to be seeing for him is really something I'm seeing for me, too. Mm-hmm. I sure. see stuff going on at his job. I see things going on at his, you know, but then part of that is, well, he comes home and tells me what's going yeah. on at work, too. So I, I'm going to be influenced that way. Yeah. Okay. So back to when you start kind of embracing this more. Um, so, and you said you saw your friend like break her Mm -hmm. arm. Um, how did you start like controlling it more, developing it more, that whole process? I took classes. Oh, really? I took classes. Uh, I took a class in Orange County with a a psychic who was teaching us how to be psychic. So Uh how to be better readers. And then I learned, I learned mediumship. That was really helpful. I took uh, James Swan Prague's class is amazing. It's super fun. You should totally take it yeah. just for fun. Um, I've taken lots of different classes, but that's where you learn boundaries. That's where you learn to set boundaries with spirit. That's where you learn to connect with your own guides and say, look, I don't want this type of client showing up because I can't help them mm-hmm. and they make me uncomfortable. And that learning to do that, I, I started messing with tarot cards, um, because it's just, it's fun. It's yeah. Fun. And by the way, if anybody's scared of these, they're just cards. I know. It's just cards. It's not. I love tarot cards. My grandma referred to it as as the devil's playing cards, but it's not. It's cards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was with my friends and I always make them do tarot cards with me. And they're like, so how long have you been devil worshiping? And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Congress with the devil yeah. every night. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do have a bot cat though. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so you took some classes, and just like, was it just slowly opening up and slowly opening up? Mm-hmm. I had to get more comfortable with it too, mm-hmm. because you know when you're seeing things that are interesting that you like, you're also seeing things you don't necessarily like. Mm-hmm. I was seeing initially, I was seeing sometimes shadows around people, mm-hmm. and which are sometimes referred to as shadow people. I get a lot of psychics see this, and it took a long time for me to take a, find a class where they explain that that's just your shadow self. That's mm-hmm. nothing necessarily negative, but it does look like the Grim Reaper to some people, and that can be around somebody who's particularly somebody who's using drugs. You might see that. And it's really just their negative, they're all their own negative proje- stuff being held by this separate part of themselves. But it's a part of themselves. It's mm-hmm. not something to be scared of. But that was, was scary when you don't understand what it is. Yeah. Did you see it as the Grim Reaper? It, a couple of or- times I would see it as just this dark, shadowy thing. I never okay. saw it particularly as the Grim Reaper, but some people will describe it that way because they, they don't have other terms. Yeah. So you like know, you have strong boundaries now and you mm-hmm. kind of like turn it on off when you're in session, but did things ever like pop through? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything notable that <laughs> you like to share? Um, you know, the server comes over and I know that they're, they're fighting with their boss. I know that, you <laughs> yeah. know, whether they have asked me to tell them or not. And I had, uh, I was at a antique store 
And I was looking at these cups, and the person who owned the cups before, who not had, didn't have a body anymore, mm-hmm. really, really wanted me to tell the owner of that antique store that she liked the way they were being displayed. Mm. And I sat there and I thought, is this okay for me to tell her that? Because that might creep her out. Cause she Now she's thinking her store is haunted. Yeah. But it's, so I'll ask my guides, is that okay to tell her that? Because this lady really wants her to know. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, this time it's okay, but don't do that normally. <laughs> <laughs> How did she respond? She thought it was great. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure if I should display them, if I should turn the handle to the side or to the other side. And, and like, the lady's telling you that it's great. <laughs> But but normally we should not be the, the, the medium on the street telling people things mm-hmm. without permission because it can yeah. really freak them out. And also it's just, quite frankly, none of my business. Yeah. Do you ever find it like slipping out in conversation? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> client, oh my gosh, the client just the other day. And I've, I felt really bad about this one, but she said... Uh, I said, you know, you need to go to your, because I could see that she had a, a thyroid imbalance and she was actually coming in for hypnotherapy. Mm. And I said, you need to go see Dr. Hoppy and talk to her about this. And she's like, how did you know I was seeing Dr. Hoppy? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know her and I know that she's great. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was an accident. Thanks, guys. But yeah, that was, it was an accident. <laughs> um, do you get anything from me? Uh, if you want me to, I can yeah. tune in. Okay. I will need your real first and last name. Is my real first and last name? Because it's helpful for me to tune oh, in. Oh, Christina you Rice. Can delete it if you want. Is that your real first and last name? Yeah. Okay. Do people use fake ones? All the time. I have celebrities call. They don't want to oh, tell me their real name. Okay. Actually, and it, the funny thing is, the celebrities really could tell me their real name because mm-hmm. I won't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I feel like you have a lot of cool stuff going on. I feel like everything you're doing. Of course, I do somewhat know that because I've been to your website. Everything's in the cloud, mm-hmm. and you're like putting more stuff in the cloud and you're super excited about how can I do more because for you I see you reaching an audience of thousands and millions but you have to be able to do it in a way that's not I have to be in a certain place at a certain time and a certain day Mm -hmm. and I love the way you're looking at everything in terms of the cloud the bigger the bigger picture because that's what you you have to do it that Mm way Um, I love that you're doing the weight loss stuff I feel like you know the weight loss the getting healthy thing I also feel like you're going to expand that a little bit more into more mental I know you, you kind of already do some of that, but I think you feel like you're going to expand even more into the mental part of it, like lessons. I see you doing big forum, forums where it's, you know, on on um, on the internet mm-hmm. using these these tools that you already use. It's uh, it's odd, is because I see what you're doing now, and I just see you doing more of it in an expanded way, and expanding, 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 expanding in layers. Good. I guess I'm on the right track. Yeah, you totally are. Okay. Anything else? I think you're going to move projection again, but no. I, uh, I like it here where you are in your location, but I do feel like there will be a, a move to a, a space that's even more conducive and bigger and mm-hmm. more like more, just more space. Like you'll have your own room for this kind of thing. You'll have your mm-hmm. own space for this kind of thing. I hope more I'm money. Rich. Like a lot more money. Oh, I hope so. Oh yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> are you doing something with Hay House? It feels like you're going to get hooked up with a really big publisher who's going to see all your stuff and go, oh yeah, we want to throw a lot of money your way. Interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. There's a lot of money around. It's Any, all in your aura. Anything about my health? There's been, it feels like there's been some challenges and it feels like you're, you're working way through it. You're on the right track. Whatever you're looking at now, you're on the right track. I feel like there may be using some fear around this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and your guides are like, you don't need to because it's, they're showing me that whatever you're looking at right now, let's, let's say it's, you know, a particular type of illness you're healing it is going to help you heal others because you're going to, you're going to leave a breadcrumb trail. Yeah. When these kinds of things happen to a healer, 
it's not just because we're being punished. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate hearing that. That just pisses me off. Mm-hmm. It's because we're supposed to learn how to heal it so that we can show other people how to heal it. Yeah. That's what I keep saying. So I'm like, I've had chronic health issues for mm-hmm. a while and things have kind of hit ahead. Um, and I know for sure, like the mold has mm-hmm. been playing, but I'm still waiting on test results about Lyme, but I feel very limey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, talking to my family and friends, they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, I'm kind of excited about it because I feel like I'm, I'm, this is supposed to happen to me because it's forcing me to change my life so much and like re-inspiring me with work and um, like me learning how to heal this is like making me, I'm going to be able to heal so many other people. Oh, absolutely. Because you're going to leave a breadcrumb trail mm. and you're going to feel it out. I love, you know, one, one of the things, you know, a lot of people criticize the medical medium for his approaches and because quite frankly, the words medical medium don't inspire you to think, oh my God, he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say what I love about his books is that it's making people think about their health in a way that, that they hadn't before and mm-hmm. thinking about the bigger picture. Anybody who's been a chiropractor or an acupuncturist all knows that there's been something else driving a lot of these illnesses that mm-hmm. mainstream medical is not talking about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's talking about it. And I know other people before him were too, mm-hmm. but he's doing it in a way that's getting people's attention and people are listening to it. Yeah. And I do feel like there's solutions to these problems. And mm-hmm. I don't feel that they're, you know, the medical industry the, the mainstream medical industry has all those answers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most doctors don't think they do either. Yeah. But I think that's what's scary. Yeah. I mean, the medical medium definitely has gotten a lot of attention. Um, and I think is making, it's a good way to hit the mainstream with, I think m- most of you listening to this podcast are like not mainstream, you know, without like everyone's very natural Eastern medicine, like healing chronic illness, all of that. Um, and not everyone agrees with medical medium, but he definitely has brought more of the mainstream to like become aware of like what they're eating, natural supplements that can all impact your, your health, you know, and diet can have a huge, play a huge role in it. And then, you know, that the celery juice thing, I had like three clients on one day telling me I should start the celery juice thing. And I thought, okay, well, this is ridiculous, but I'm like, okay, three times, I guess that means I should try it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is stupid. I'm juicing the celery. I'm going to become part of a fad. I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And yet I just did it for a week and I'm like feeling so much better going, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm part of the fad. Yeah. True. And then, oh, my husband's like, that's just, it's the placebo effect. And I said, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I helping. feel better. Yeah. I did it for a week and I felt great, but I was like, this is too expensive. It is expensive. <laughs> like I'm not, I didn't feel great enough to, you know, be able to pay for that. So do you have any um, tips for people listening if they just, is there something tangible they can do to start connecting with their guides? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, most people are already connecting with their guides. They're just not trusting it. Mm. Intuition is that quiet voice in your head that says, go left here, go right here, slow down. It's, it's not full of emotion. Mm-hmm. People add the emotion. So you might get scared about something. One of your guides, you might hear the voice in your head say that, you know, you're, you're, somebody's going to be hurt in an accident. It's the emotion that makes it scary. Mm-hmm. But your guides are very quiet. I would say, you know, more meditation and, and just saying to yourself in a meditative state, I now invite in the sacred connection of my guides and healers. I now invite in the sacred connection of my guides and healers. And then just in welcoming them. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And don't be scared. Sometimes they'll show you what they actually look like. Usually it's just light. Mm-hmm. But it's more about people's ability to feel comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And then people will tell me, I was having this conversation with my guide last night. And I'm pretty sure I made the whole thing up. Why would you think that? Yeah. 
do you do you think you're that creative mm-hmm. do you, my guide was telling me i'm from the pleiades and you really think that you're that, you're that creative, creative. Yeah. yes no yeah. <laughs> you didn't come up with that your guide told you that yeah. you should re- research that yeah 100 percent um so how how does the hypnotherapy play into all of your work I, that's mostly what I do. Um, I do intuitive hypnotherapy, which means I'm getting information and I'm helping clients by creating a process to heal them. But hypnotherapy is just getting into that meditative state in between sleeping and waking Mm -hmm. because your unconscious mind does not know the difference between a real or an imagined event, which is why if you have a dream about your grandma chasing you with a knife, you're super scared and you'll wake up and logically you'll think my grandma would never do that. She loves me. She doesn't run. She doesn't have any knives in her house. That's not going to happen, but you still feel that fear. Mm -hmm. So we use that same sensation, that same part of your mind to get into the hypnotic state and look at a world and say, okay, I, you know, carbs are bad for me, even though I'm addicted to them and I want them, they're going to make me not feel good. So maybe we're just going to eat fruits and vegetables instead. Mm -hmm. And we're a world where there is nothing to be afraid of. The the freeway is a happy place and that you're safe, loved and protected. Mm Um, also a lot of times with the hypnotherapy, it's about looking at beliefs that you created when you were a kid. My belief that I I told you about this idea that it was, it was wrong or morally wrong to tap into my intuition. That was a belief that I had because in order to be safe within my family, I had to adopt that belief that it was wrong Mm -hmm. in order to fit in. Mm -hmm. But here I am an adult. I need to erase that belief. So I'll use hypnotherapy or meditation to go back and create a new belief that's more flexible. Okay. It's okay to explore this stuff. How did you first like get into hypnotherapy? Oh, high school. <laughs> Anybody have a grad night? I mean, everybody listens. Yeah. Sure. A lot of people went to grad night. Yeah, and you do the hypnosis. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. I watched Marshall Silver. I can never, I'll never forget this guy. Make some of the most popular kids in school do some pretty ridiculous things. And mm-hmm. I went, I want to know how to do that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take his class, but my for some reason, my mother felt that um, letting her 18-year-old daughter go to Las Vegas to learn from a hypnotherapist therapist how to do stage hypnosis wasn't a good idea so I had to learn like traditional hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. instead which is different technique altogether but super fun yeah but yeah I started learning it when I was in my 20s and actually went to hypnotherapist when I was in my 30s because I was afraid of dogs myself and it was one thing I couldn't clear Mm. so I've been doing it way before I started taking money for it Mm -hmm. because it's just it's fun it's just meditation it's like People make it seem so weird. And and trust me, when it comes to the past life regression, some of that is pretty weird. Mm-hmm. But regular hypnotherapy is just, it's just meditation. It's just visualizing, just imagining yourself releasing the stuff you don't want and bringing in the things you do want and feeling mm-hmm. good about that. So how, how does someone make that like so effective though? You know, like it, do you have to go multiple times? Can you do it in one session? Some things are one and done. Like what? What, what kind of thing could? <sighs> Anxiety. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I Please, anybody listening who has anxiety, go get some help. Because hypnotherapy is such a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I hate how people are taking so many crazy drugs for anxiety. Yeah. When people will start to feel better right away after just one with anxiety. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Not just saying them. And I'm not the only good hypnotherapist in the world as much as I'd yeah. like you all to think that. Yeah. But we can all help with anxiety. Yeah. That's a quick one. Sometimes fears and phobias can be a, a one and done. But things like weight loss, which is a, a combination of a lot of issues, mm-hmm. that, that takes longer. Okay. Um, some, some deeply embedded fears take longer because it's, for example, a fear of, of flying is actually not fear of being afraid of, of dying on a plane. It's usually a fear of losing control. Mm. And so a person who's afraid of flying is also usually afraid of driving. They'll have problems with escalators. They don't like elevators. That's a bigger fear, and that will take more than one session. 
Okay. If it was just fear of flying, it would just be one. And, and occasionally that does happen. So are you having them visualize like being in a plane? <laughs> so I do something called regressive hypnotherapy where we actually go back to the original cause of the event that caused them to create the belief that mm -hmm. it wasn't safe or that okay. they weren't safe. And usually with the example of fear and flying, usually it's fear of being out of control. Okay. And so we have to look for that event. Mm -hmm. So it's not a client who's afraid of flying will tell me when I was 15, we hit some turbulence and all of a sudden I was scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to look at, at when you were six and somebody locked you in a closet and you couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. We need to look at that. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that that's a much longer conversation. Yeah. So is that them leading the way and like, then you figure out what it was or do you intuitively figure out like it knows when you were six? I can see it sometimes okay. in their aura, but it's not really as helpful for me to see it as it is for them to, f to see it. Mm -hmm. So I will just do a process where I guide them through to go to the original cause mm -hmm. of the event. And sometimes the original cause is so traumatizing and the client's not ready to see it yet. Yeah. So they'll see something later. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one that comes up a lot is sexual violation mm -hmm. is a big part of fears and phobias and also weight loss too. Mm -hmm. And, Sometimes a client, unless they're going to tell me I was molested when I was six, I'm not going to say, were you molested when you were six by mm -hmm. your creepy uncle? Mm -hmm. Unless they're ready to talk to me about it, I'm not going to, to, to bring that up. Mm -hmm. But I will ask them, were you ever sexually violated? Sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll want to talk about it. Sometimes mm -hmm. they won't. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Just to, like, so I do, because I'm a Reiki practitioner, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the first time... I got something like that from someone. I was so scared. Like I was just doing Reiki and I was just getting like sexual abuse, small station. I was seeing her, her grandfather and her father, but, and I just like, I was, that was the first time it ever happened to me and I didn't even know what to say. And then afterwards she was like, so what did you see? And I just, I, I didn't, I didn't even know because I didn't want to like say it if it wasn't true but I knew it was true because mm -hmm. I just kept getting it and I so I basically just asked I was like have you ever been sexually molested and then she just started bawling and yep. just told me everything I had seen um but that can be very I mean for me that was very scary to see at first because like that it's so touchy you know when you because you don't want to say that and if it's not true they're like you know I don't know well the worst ones the worst ones is and people don't realize this. Mm -hmm. If you just hang around a child molester who's thinking inappropriate thoughts. Mm -hmm. So in my case, I, my grandfather was inappropriate with my mother mm. and that's not a family secret. A lot of people know that. And, but I was around him and he never did anything to me, but mm -hmm. I could, I could intuitively because I was a kid and a kid's very sensitive. I could feel these inappropriate thoughts and I felt this creepy thing around him. Mm -hmm. So a lot of even sitting in my aura was this weird thing about, sexual violation even though I hadn't been by him mm -hmm. and and people don't realize that even that can cause some of the same symptoms mm -hmm. and so in this case there wasn't any sexual violation but it wasn't until years later that I found out he was a child molester yeah so you know that can cause it too okay it's tough if it if it were a client and I was seeing it I and the person wasn't willing to say they were sexually violated I would say you know was there any sexual inappropriateness mm -hmm. because some people Oddly enough, I don't know how many times clients don't get that date rape is not okay. Oh my God. You know, oh, well, I told him it wasn't okay and I didn't want to, but he just kept asking, kept asking. And finally, I just, you know, I was, he was going to force me if I didn't. So I just let him. Oh my God. That's rape. Yeah. But no, oh, well, it's not really what rape. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But we're as a culture taught, well, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't break his nose. I didn't fight back. Well, then oh it must not be rape. Yeah. You know, people, well, we're all here. Oh, it only happened the one time. 
still it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Still took something from you. Mm-hmm. It took your sense of, of self. It took your sense of safety. It made you not trust men. Mm-hmm. That's a violation. That's not just one time of being inappropriate. Yeah. I'm curious if when looking at like the root cause mm-hmm. for most people, is it like we talk about trauma with capital T versus little T trauma, right? Like for most people, is it a capital T trauma? Like these, like these big traumas we think of, or can it be something like small that we might think of as insignificant that really is the root of all of our maybe phobias or fears or. Yeah. I mean, it really can. It's, it's an odd mix. I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was a little girl, my mother, my parents decided that I was a baby and I was in the crib, that it was okay to leave the house and go for a walk without me. And I can still remember that terrified feeling of knowing that there was nobody in the house and being afraid of things I didn't understand. Yeah. The house could have caught on fire. Yeah. The dog could have suffocated me. All these things. And my parents never should have done that. Yeah. But if I'm talking to a therapist, is that a, is that a big T? I mean, yeah. you know, the house didn't catch on fire and yeah. I didn't die. Yeah. I was just scared. Yeah. And I created a belief in that moment that I wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has to be cleared emotionally so that I can create a new belief that I am safe, that mm-hmm. I do have power, that I do have control. Mm-hmm. A lot of times girls particular, and I hate to say this because it's so sad, but we get socialized that our job is to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Our role is to look pretty and take care of other people. And that belief that starts at a very young age from our parents, usually from our mom, I hate to blame moms, but this is usually where it comes from, is is something that will stick with us our whole lives and we'll find ourselves taking care of people, accepting less salary than our partners, even though we shouldn't accepting things we really shouldn't because we believe that we have to that's mm-hmm. our role mm-hmm. and not even knowing that that's where it's coming from mm. that makes sense yeah definitely um so with the hypnotherapy what are most people is there like something you focus on in particular you know as a hypnotherapist and, and a lot of hypnotherapists will tell you this mm-hmm. I, I get known for certain things mm-hmm. i've gotten known for an odd one uh trick a trick uh, trichlomania. Oh, I'm going to say this wrong, and somebody's screaming at their iPod right now about it. Um, it's a it's a hair pulling. Oh, okay, yeah. Trichlomania. I forget. I forget too. I remember learning about this. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, I've been no- become known as somebody who's really good at oh. helping people with that, and so I end up with a lot of clients for that. Okay. Uh, and it's a small thing. I didn't yeah. even learn about it in school. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I get a lot of clients for that. I get a lot of clients for, here's a weird fear that was never on any top 10 list I ever saw, a uh, fear of throwing up. Oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people. all the time. Yeah. Fears, phobias. I get a lot of, I actually get a lot of men who had a relationship that ended badly and now they're, they're uncomfortable moving into the next relationship mm-hmm. they need to release or they're still obsessing about a woman who's married to another person has kids with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of women who've been cheated on by their spouses and need to, to, um, bring their self-confidence and self-esteem back. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say it was one thing, but it's it's really, you know, anxiety shows up a lot, but it shows up in different forms. Yeah. That's probably the number one thing, really. Yeah. Um, weight loss is another one I see people for. But yeah, you know, you do kind of get known for things. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of sports, people in sports, because a former Olympic athlete, actually, I think, yes, he's still an Olympic athlete, um, wrote an article and he mentioned me and then suddenly all these Olympic athletes were calling me. I was like, great, thank you, yeah. I'll take that. yeah. Um, so when you talk about like emotional clearing, like that's the hypnosis part. That's the hypnosis part. Yeah. I'm using an industry term. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. We want to go back and we want to make the emotion neutral. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, in the case of me with the, the house being empty, I wanted to go back and I inserted a pillow. 
mm. into the picture. I went back to the picture under hypnosis, under deep trance, and I, I put a pillow in there, and then I had an angel sitting on the edge of the bed. The angel was probably there anyway, mm-hmm. but now I could see it. Mm-hmm. And I had the cat walking around the bed. I just mm-hmm. changed the picture in such a way that I wasn't afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I felt more safe. Okay. And that entirely changed the story. Okay. I can still remember what happened. Yeah. But now it's like the feeling is peaceful. There's yeah. a cat there and there's a, there's an angel there and yeah. I got a pillow. I'm safe. Yeah. It's so interesting. So let's talk about weight loss for a second. So like when you're approaching weight loss, are you like, how are you getting to the root of that? Is that changing someone's behaviors? Um, like getting them to eat better or, you know, like what's the approach with the weight loss? Weight loss is a, is a complicated issue mm-hmm. because there's a lot of moving parts to that. People are surprised to know how oftentimes we will put on weight as a protection. Mm -hmm. The first question I always ask is, were you ever sexually violated? Mm -hmm. And half the time, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll say, well, I was sexually violated when I was six, but I didn't start gaining weight till I was 30. Well, something triggered it when you were 30 to cause you to feel unsafe again. Mm -hmm. And so you put this weight on as this barrier. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to get to where they're feeling comfortable in their own skin. Mm -hmm. The other thing about it is that when you've been a certain weight, let's say 300 pounds for 10 years, it becomes a part of your identity. Yeah. And that absolutely has to change because if you don't make that shift in your mind and you start to see yourself as a 165 pound woman, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be impossible for you to keep it off once you get there. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that plenty of times. I used to call it the diet bounce. People would lose the weight and they'd go right back to where they were. And and people always say, oh, it's because they went to their old habits. No. It's because they weren't comfortable at that, that new way of being. Mm-hmm. And you have to start to imagine yourself at this new weight. You start to imagine what your life's going to be like. Mm-hmm. The other thing with weight loss, too, is that you absolutely need to change everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to change your friends. You can't be hanging out with these friends that just want to go to the buffet every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You need to go hang out with friends who want to go jogging. Mm-hmm. You have to change your relationship with food. You have to change your relationship with the people in your life. You have to step out of the role as the fat friend mm-hmm. and, and now be your own person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a lot of habit changing, too. Uh, y- you've probably experienced this helping people go from the standard American diet, that sad, awful diet that we're on, so many of us are on or were on, to paleo or keto. Mm-hmm. There's a mourning process. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I can never eat cake again? <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's a resistance for you sure. You don't feel good when you eat cake. Yeah. Why would you want to feel bad? You're addicted to it. <laughs> it's because you're addicted. It's a drug. Yeah. but. You know, they think about holidays. How am I going to have the holidays without stuffing? Mm-hmm. You know, stuffing's gross. Mm-hmm. It's it's made out of raw eggs. It's awful. Mm-hmm. You really shouldn't be eating that anyway. Um, there's there's a mourning process that happens mm-hmm. with changing your diet that people have to go through that mm-hmm. and getting past the idea that instead of, uh, you know, stuffing, you're going to have a fruit salad. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of eating pizza, you're going to have a salad. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's no cake. It doesn't need to be cake. Cake's not, it's not good for you. You mm-hmm. don't feel good. Why would you celebrate your birthday and then for two weeks feel like garbage afterward? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that to yourself? Mm-hmm. No. Do you ever see people who are already, they've already changed their lifestyles and are eating really well, but they're still holding on to weight? Um, and it's like they don't even have to change any habits, but it's just that that protection weight. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I've seen a lot of that. I will say what I see more frequently though, is people who get to their ideal weight and they don't accept it. Mm. I'm a size five and I want to be a size three and I, I want to mm. look you know, good. And I don't see them. They don't see them. It's called body dysmorphia. They don't see themselves mm-hmm. as beautiful and healthy when really they already are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, occasionally I do see that. So when working with that, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to the body dysmorphia. 
Um, what, what are you going back to? Like, what are you usually changing in the hypnotherapy? I'm having to talk to them on a conscious mm -hmm. level first mm -hmm. about their own self-love mm -hmm. and why they feel that it's not okay to be a size zero, you know, mm -hmm. five that it, I need to look at that. And sometimes that person really has an eating disorder and needs to go to a specialist in eating disorders. And, you mm -hmm. know, occasionally it's not my client, mm -hmm. but I have to talk to them about loving themselves and being confident within themselves and loving their body because the key is self-love. Mm -hmm. And everybody says that, oh, but if I love myself, I'm not going to be motivated to change. I, you know, I need to be mad at myself to, in order to go to the gym. And that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. You know, how does being mad at yourself get you up in the morning and go to the gym? Yeah. How does being mad at yourself make you make a big salad full of vegetables when you could have just grabbed something from the freezer and stuck it in the microwave and, you know, continue down your path of unhealth, mm -hmm. right? It has to be about self-love. Mm -hmm. It has to be about feeling happy and comfortable in your body just as it is mm -hmm. and making those changes from that place. Yeah. Have you worked with any clients with autoimmune disease? I have seen quite a few of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really common. Um, I don't necessarily work with them on weight loss as much as feeling confident. And, and also I'll have imagined stuff with uh, inflammation going down. Mm -hmm. I'll have imagined that. I'm not a doctor. So there's only, there's some things I really can't necessarily get into, but I've worked with people on habits around Mm -hmm. eating because a lot of times when you're on an autoimmune, there's a diet you need to do, or there's something you need to do to, differently. And that can be difficult too, mm -hmm. in the same way that weight loss is difficult, changing from eating bread to eating, you know, salads. Mm -hmm. That's a big change for some people. Yeah. That's I'm really hard. Glad I got over that years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just curious. So I want to get into past life regression. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, tell, I think maybe some people listening don't even know what that means. So maybe you can, you know, tell people a little bit about what a past life regression is. Okay. So there's some of your audience probably does know what a past life reading is, is when you go to a psychic and they say, you are Helen of Troy in a past life yeah. and you've done this and I've done that. Yeah. A past life regression is where you actually take somebody into a meditative state, just like a regular hypnotherapy session. And instead of going back to that original cause of the thought, feeling, or idea, that fear, we just keep going. Mm -hmm. So go back to when you were in your body, then going back to the other side and then going down this hallway and then imagining a bunch of doors and each behind each door is a, is a past life. Mm -hmm. So you go into a past life and take a look around and see who you were. And usually when I'm, I'm doing past life regression, I will give them the suggestion that they want to see a, a life that's relevant to what's going on for them now. Mm -hmm. So if they're in a place where they're trying to create a business and they can't seem to get past their fears and phobias, they're going to be shown a similar situation mm -hmm. or something that their spirit guides want them to see. Yeah. We'll look around, take a look, what was going on, what's, what was happening. And then generally speaking, because it's fun for the client, I'll have them go and visit with their spirit guides because they're, they're much more connected with spirit while they're in that mm -hmm. deep trance state. And then they'll ask their spirit guides questions. And that's crazy fun. Mm -hmm. So oh, for people, so are people hearing actual voices or is it just a thought popping into their head? You know, are they seeing their guides or is it just like energetically feeling like I think they're there? It's, it's both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so a client who's real visual, mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll see everything. Oh, mm -hmm. I saw the pot I was holding. I could see the grass. I could see my husband. I could see the sky. I could see the horse. If somebody's real auditory, they'll just hear the voices. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't see it, but I, I kept hearing that I was outside. I couldn't see it, but I kept hearing that I was 23 and that my name was Jane. Mm -hmm. Um, if they're real visual or they're real kinesthetic, which is touchy feely, I will actually have them feel their way through the past life. Mm. So put your hands on the ground. Tell me, are you on the ground? Are you on grass? What are you, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And then I can describe that for me. Okay. So are these scary? 
Usually not. So our guides are kind because <laughs> I always have the guides, spirit guides guide this. Guides are kind. They're not going to take you back to a past life when you're in a concentration camp on your first try. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Although I'm not going to say it, it has never happened. It has, but that's really rare. Mm. You're not going to see something that you can't, you can't handle. Okay. Definitely not on the first time. Um, if you're a healer, I can guarantee you without even knowing you that you were burned at the stake at some point in a past life. Hundred yeah. percent, every healer. Yeah. So that comes up a lot. Yeah. This just last, like last week, he was like, because I had just major cords from like being hanged in a last oh, in a past geez. life. Um. So I just like that literally just happened with me. Yeah. yeah. Being hanged and then the, the sensation, yeah. the feeling mm-hmm. of being, oh, it's awful. It's just awful. Not so, a good, not a good way to go. So if someone's a healer, are you saying that they'll probably be there? They'll experience that again in a past life they'll, regression? No, they'll get to see it. I always have them look at it as like the scene of a crime. Be mm-hmm. a detective, scene of the crime. What did you learn? What mm-hmm. belief did you create? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to go retrieve that soul and say to the soul, you're free. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's safe. You were born into a lifetime now where it's encouraged to be a healer. The world certainly needs more healers. It doesn't mm-hmm. need you to be afraid of being burned at the stake mm-hmm. in this year, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to release and, and let it go and, and clear these beliefs and just trust that you're going to be safe. But also what, what a lot of times happens is the circumstances around how they got hanged. Mm-hmm. For example, um, in my case, my mother-in-law has passed, so I can get away with saying this, but she showed up in one of mine where she was the one pointing to the executioner that I was the one who'd healed her son. And I was like, I could just see the satisfaction in her eyes. Like wow. her and I were not, her and I were not friends yeah. in this life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to say that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, I saw her doing that in a past mm-hmm. life and in an odd little way, it kind of helped me understand why we didn't like each other when I came through this time, mm-hmm. you know? So have you, has she, have you seen her since? I have a couple of times. It's, I don't, I know if every medium has this experience. I have find it a little tough to see relatives. Mm. Um, occasionally my, my father-in-law has passed too. And I see him occasionally mm-hmm. and he will say, just, you're not seeing me. That's not happening. I don't believe in any of this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're here talking to me, Fred. Come on, mm-hmm. dude. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see a lot of dead relatives. I don't know why. Who do you see more of? Probably my, oh, um, I have a, uh, my great grandfather uh-huh. who is, I didn't know him that much in this lifetime. I do see him occasionally. He's a higher evolved being and he will come say hello sometimes. But oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, so the past life regression people like you're just kind of going and you don't know what what is going to come up nope that's part of the fun so what about for you i love it because i get to hear a drama unfold in front of me yeah i mean i'm a connoisseur of human folly i mm-hmm. love reality tv yeah i'm watching reality tv right here so tell me what happened then and then they were burning the house down and it was so sad and tell me more, you know, <laughs> yeah. fun for me. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So they go through, they go through the whole situation and the, at the end, like what's, what's the benefit of this, of reliving it? There's a good, that's a very good question. You're the only person who's ever asked that. And I'm glad that somebody's asking that sometimes I don't feel that there really is a lot of benefit to it. Mm. I really don't because I don't know that it's necessarily helpful to find out that you were burned at the stake. You're a healer. You know, you were mm-hmm. sometimes there's a lesson there. I will have them talk to the version of themselves back there and ask him, what is it you want her to know? Mm-hmm. Because she came back here for a reason. You called her back. What is it you want her to know? And usually the message is something around, I want her to know that she needs to live her life. I want her to know that uh, she has choices. I want her to know. And it's usually some very beautiful message, mm-hmm. but it's also something you could have learned on your own too, yeah. talking to a girlfriend. Um, sometimes it's just, 
seeing that you reincarnate with a lot of the same people over and over again and seeing how the drama plays out lifetime after lifetime is helpful. Mm -hmm. I would, I caution people is I see a lot of clients who go down the rabbit hole of thinking that everything is about a past life. Yeah. I mean, particularly their weight gain. Oh my goodness. You know, it is really rare for me to find that a person's past life, that their weight gain has Mm. anything to do with the past life. Mm. You know, this abundance of food that we have now Mm -hmm. did not really exist back then. Yeah. But could it have been like a trauma that's still... You know, holding on to that once in a while does show up. And, and actually, I'm glad you bring it up because I did have one show up where a person was cast out of their their group and they starved to death outside of the community. And mm-hmm. so now every time they get a chance to eat something, they do. Mm-hmm. That is quite rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you shift that one? Like it's like you get there and then you basically tell them you have enough food now. There's, you know, you go back to that person, you let her know that she's loved, that mm-hmm. she's okay, that, that in this next life, that she will be more accepted for being herself, that mm-hmm. it's okay for her to be healer. And it's just about, oh, okay, you can release this. You mm-hmm. can release this fear now. Mm-hmm. And we did, and I actually ended up booking another regular hypnotherapy session to release the idea that there is never enough food mm. because there's always enough food. She was actually quite wealthy. She was always going to have plenty of food. There was mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. She didn't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's interesting because I work with, so I work with a lot of women who have had eating disorders and that is like a really common, like deep rooted belief. Like they think that they're not going to have enough food because they spent this period of their life, like starving themselves in some form or the other. And sometimes that is anorexia, but other times it's just restriction. Right. Um, and I feel like that, that belief can come up in multiple ways, like through that, you know, and like now they feel like they can't stop eating. It's a sad one. When I'm working with clients like that, generally speaking, if they have a se- severe eating disorder, it's not my client. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm working with them, there's a, a reestablishing of trust that needs to happen. You need mm-hmm. to trust yourself again, that if you're cutting back to, let's say 1500 calories a day, that you're, you're not going to starve yourself, that you're not going to experience the pain. You have it's a reestablishing of trust, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, and that that's a big part of it. I know, you know, those, some of those people may have starved to death in a past life, and I just haven't run across that in my mm-hmm. office because they haven't come in for sessions. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, generally speaking, there's some very this lifetime beliefs to look at. The belief that you're not good enough, the belief that you ha- your appearance is 100 percent of what matters to to mm-hmm. you, the belief that you're not worthy of love, or the belief that you're disgusting even though you're a size two Mm -hmm. you know not that even if if you weighed 600 pounds you're not disgusting you're beautiful Mm -hmm. you're you're walking around in this amazing creature Mm -hmm. this body that can do amazing things and why are we not honoring and respecting it at every size that's Mm -hmm. just amazing to me Mm -hmm. but that's that's a big part of it is just reestablishing that trust it's tough i mean if you've had an eating disorder it can that's a long road to come back from that Mm -hmm. and to create a healthy relationship because then you know, if your hormones shift and you do start to need to cut back a little bit or you have to change your diet, then you're getting triggered all over again yeah. by what happened when you were you were younger. It's really yeah. sad. I know. Us women were complicated. Yes, it's a lot. We are. Can we talk about money? Money. Yes, I'm money. sure a lot of people money. come to you with money related you know, inquiries. I so what do you, money. what kind of things do you see? So my it's funny because that was one of the first things I worked with people on mm-hmm. because when I was in sales Um, that was something I would run across my, one of my first big, you know, big person, uh, sales jobs, I was a sales rep for a vitamin company and I had a quota and I had to make, I think it was a hundred thousand a month every month. And I would always get like 103,000 in sales every Mm -hmm. freaking month. And I was like, why can't I get past this? Yeah. Cause 
some months I should be getting higher. Some months I should be getting, why can't I get past this? I always hit my quota, but I can never go into the bonus section. Mm -hmm. So I worked with a hypnotherapist and she's like, yeah, you have this thing about receiving money. And I'm like, as soon as she said that, I went, yes, yes, Mm -hmm. I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) So we did some emotional clearing about um, going in and, and, and I could actually hear my dad's voice in my head. You don't deserve money. You know, all money belongs to me. Cause my, my father was very much the head of the household and you know, all the money was, he made it and, you know, I was just a kid. Yeah. And so I had to, to give myself permission to have as much money as I wanted. Uh-huh. I had to give myself permission to expand the bowl past uh-huh. 103 because our mind loves numbers. And that number, for some freaking reason, was stuck in my head. Uh-huh. So I had to expand that. But yeah, that was a big part of what I do. And that's a big part of what I do now, particularly sales reps, because that any sales rep listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's always a number that we uh-huh. seem to get stuck on uh-huh. or the number of phone calls that we'll need to make in a day or you know, returning phone calls. And, and when a person will get to this number, they'll figure out what the number is because as soon as they start to get there, they'll sabotage their sales. Mm. And that happens over and over again. And this receiving, and the, a lot of times people will tell me, because we've heard this before, it's fear of failure or fear of success. is actually more fear of leaving the family of origin. So imagine if you grew up like I did, it's very solidly lower middle class. Maybe you didn't grow up like that. Mm. I did. Very solidly lower middle class. And suddenly, if I start making 200, 300,000 a year, I'm moving out of my family structure and I'm into the very unknown waters of investing money, which was never a thing when I was a kid, um, going to college or having kids go to college, things that were just never in my sphere because there was no money for that. Mm-hmm. And that can be very uncomfortable. Plus, I may be afraid on an unconscious level that I won't be accepted by my family mm-hmm. or that they're going to start asking me for money. So... Opening up and being more comfortable in that higher level of money is a big part of it. Okay. Hang out with rich friends. I know it sounds odd. No, that's what I tell people too. Go hang out with rich friends. Yeah. They think differently. They do. They do. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot with the money. It's interesting because it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff I feel like you... And you said this too. It's like you can help them figure out hypnotherapy, but also if they just like really looked at their own lives they could they could do it themselves but what is it about the hypnotherapy that like makes it snap it's quicker yeah um we're going right into the programming code so you you've got a computer Mm -hmm. there's code that runs the show that makes Mm -hmm. things easy for you so you can you can click on one button instead of going through 1500 little steps to get there Mm -hmm. um we're actually going into the programming code into the line of code that says i don't deserve to have you know, $200,000 a year. I don't deserve to be rich. Mm -hmm. And we're changing that. You are free to be as rich as you want to. Yeah. That's what makes it quicker. Mm -hmm. You person can do it with meditation. They can do it with visualization, but visualization and meditation are great tools to draw in the things that you want. But if there's an underlying belief of not deserving Mm -hmm. or that it's not safe to have it, you're going to be, you're going to be sabotaging yourself and not even know it. Yeah. It's like running the hot and the cold water at the same time. If you want a hot bath. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I mean, I talk about brain rewiring all the time and like, I'm sure you're familiar with Joe Dispenza and it's just Mm -hmm. like quick way to, to reprogram. Right. I like his stuff. There's, I disagree with some of it though. Mm. I, he, he definitely has a more like look to the future kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And I tend to look at and say, we need to see what in the past Mm -hmm. influenced this because I feel like, doing the emotional work of looking in the closet and finding the, the stinky object in the closet and pulling it out and throwing it away helps to make the room smell better. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. <laughs> um, I also want to touch on relationships. Love it. And um, I'm curious, like, what do you find is usually the common fact with people who can't meet the right person? It's confidence. Mm-hmm. 
the confidence is a big part of it, but also men and women, I see a lot. I mean, living in San Diego, there's a lot of software engineers and a lot of these guys are shy. They had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Now they're afraid. And they'll say, I can't meet any women. And I say, where, where have you been trying? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, I go to the gym sometimes or I go, to, you're not a trying, you're not yeah. trying. You're not, you have to be found. <laughs> <laughs> if you really ask them, they'll admit, well, I don't really do. I, you know, I go on meetup. You mean with every other person in the planet, half mm-hmm. of them are married? Mm-hmm. No, that's not, that's not the best way to meet somebody. Go, go to meet, not, I didn't mean meetup. Um, I meant like dating services mm-hmm. where all, you know, go to pl- things like meetup. Mm-hmm. And go to events, things you like doing. Mm -hmm. That's how you meet people. Mm -hmm. But there's that fear of, well, I just being rejected because feeling rejected is so awful. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit of a numbers game. Um, If I could give one bit of advice to men, I know your audience is mostly women, but (laughs) you guys think of it in terms of issuing an invitation rather Mm -hmm. than asking a woman out on a date. Mm. I, I met you. I enjoyed talking to you. Would you like to do this again sometime? Yeah. And same thing with a woman asking a man on a date. Mm-hmm. Issue an invitation. You're not asking him out on a date. Mm-hmm. You're saying, hey, uh, you know, it was great talking to you. Do you want to go hiking again? Mm-hmm. That's so non-threatening. Yeah. And you know in sales, when you've done any kind of sales for your, you're, you have to issue a lot of invitations to get a couple of people to sign up for an event. You send out a, a newsletter and it probably, you know, 10,000 people, maybe two people will sign up. That's, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's a numbers game. Yeah. It's interesting because the way it, I get the feeling that from your side, it's like a lot more men are coming having problems than, than women. I think women always feel like, Oh, men don't have the issue. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of, I, well, because when I keep in mind that, you know, my Facebook picture is is quite beautiful and I'm a very pretty person, but I am also not a model. Mm -hmm. So these guys feel comfortable talking to me about why they're having trouble dating and asking Mm -hmm. for advice. And for some reason, you know, a shy engineer type asking a woman for how do I, meet a woman Mm -hmm. is is very comfortable for them but they're not going to go to a model and and say what do i do yeah um women a lot of times they have the same problems but it's a lot of the same reasons they're not getting out there they're not connecting you need to tell your friends that you're looking to meet somebody because your your girlfriends are going to know guys like you Mm -hmm. and that's where you need to look the other thing too with you don't want to go to a bar to meet somebody if you're not somebody who drinks yeah exactly Go where people like you are. Um, And guys, go to a yoga studio. And women, don't go to a yoga studio with men because there's no men in those classes. And men is like a buffet for them. Yeah, true. Where do you think is a good place for women? Um, I love meetup events. Mm. I love meetup hikes, particularly. There's usually a generally larger number of men than, than women on those events. Um, and I, it's a safe place. Mm. I always tell men they need to go where women feel safe. And I tell women, you need to go where you feel safe, where you feel good <laughs> because <laughs> you'll you feel, feel safe, yeah. where you'll feel comfortable being yourself because mm-hmm. otherwise you're putting on an act. What do you think of dating apps? I have mixed feelings on them. I mean, they can be very discouraging because now you're getting rejected from a lot of strangers, <laughs> just a couple of strangers. And now you're getting rejected for some really ridiculous reasons. Like I don't like blondes or mm-hmm. I don't, she just looks too tall. I don't want, you know, mm-hmm. I, come on, really? Mm-hmm. But in real life, you would never just say, I don't like that person's shoes and that picture. So I'm not going to even give yeah. them the time of day, but it just gives an opportunity for have rejection on a larger scale. Yeah. If you're going to do dating apps, just be mindful of the fact that a significant percentage of the people on those are not single. Mm. they're shopping yeah so if you're reaching out to somebody and you're not getting any connections 
you just trust that that's probably just fine. Yeah. (laughs) I also think about all the people I know in my life who, just in general, who I didn't really like that much at the beginning. And then, or I just was neutral about. And then it kind of took some time. And now they're like some of my closest friends. I really like them, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Things take time to grow. They take time to grow. And, you know, you do need to be around people like yourself. Mm -hmm. People, I love hearing this phrase, opposites attract. That's not true. Opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And you'll have a great fun weekend with them and it would be a nice party but in the long term you're going to get along with people that are like you Mm -hmm. so you want to look for people like you with similar values and beliefs uh if you're a part of a religious organization you can go to church more Mm -hmm. or temple more whatever your thing is Mm -hmm. you need to be around people like you because Mm -hmm. that's going to be your better match long term Mm -hmm. if you like to hike go be around people that hike Mm -hmm. be around you know it's so exotic to go meet somebody in another country. Oh my God, it's so much fun. We all read, read Eat, Pray, Love and we just wanted to have that experience. Yeah. But, you know, I married somebody who grew up in the same church that I did Yeah, and we get along great and yeah. I don't have to explain holidays to him because he, you know, I have to explain <laughs> yeah. vegetarian food to him because yeah. we, we ate the same food growing yeah. up. You know, yeah. there's, there's some cultural things yeah. there. I had um, a psychic tell me I'm going to marry someone from foreign lands. And I was like, I can see that. Really? Yeah, I can see that. Interesting. Yeah, I can see he's, he's really cute too. Yeah, kind of tall. It's tough with psychics too because I, I will tell you, I will get symbols wrong too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, I had a psychic was telling me, oh, you're moving this summer. And, and I went to another one and, and she said, you know, there's a lot of movement around you mm-hmm. because you're going to be doing a lot of radio. Yeah. She's going to be doing a lot of stuff, but you're not physically moving. Yeah. You know, I see this guy around you and it, it doesn't necessarily going to mean that he, he's, you're going to meet him in France. Yeah. Maybe he travels to France or maybe yeah. he does things like that. So, you know, there's a foreign connection. Yeah. You can't take it so literally and go, well, it has to be this particular way. Yeah. You know? No, hundred percent. Well, I, I want to touch on that for a second. So yeah, he's oh. cute. Boy, he's really, cute. <laughs> do you know when he's coming? Um, I feel like he's around you now. He's not necessarily in your circle. Like we have circles, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's in your, he's, he's around. Mm-hmm. But I can't say when you're going to connect with him. It's okay what your guys are saying now. When she's ready. Mm. When she's ready. She's got a lot of stuff going on. She's a little. She's got some doors closed because she doesn't want to do things right now because she's got a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. They're saying when when you're ready. Interesting. It feels like a friend of a friend right now. Mm. He's okay. in your circle. He's around. So interesting. You may He's, even live over here. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're not the first person who has said this to me. He's so. A cutie. Um, <laughs> you have to keep me updated. <laughs> um, but why? So how come different? psychics will like get different things do you know what i mean yeah and i and i <laughs> at the store we used to call them the 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 chronic eaters or we had different words for it depending on who you, which psychic you were talking to but there were a lot of ones who would go to a different psychic and mm-hmm. get a different piece of it mm-hmm. and a lot of times we get different symbols because i have you know, symbols that mean certain things like the guide shows me a fancy car it means the person works in finance mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll just tell me they work in finance, but I, if I don't have a reference library for the person's particular occupation, I'll get things that mean something similar. Mm -hmm. So we'll get different little pieces of it. It's just Mm -hmm. like looking at, you know, if you look at a a, a book cover, for example, Mm -hmm. and you have four people describe that book cover to you, you're going to get four different ways of describing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also they'll touch on different parts of what's important. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, you have at least four, we've got five spirit guys hanging around you right now. Mm-hmm. And one of them is really, you know, kind of in your face and pushy. And maybe that's the one that, that talks to this particular psychic 
or maybe a different one talks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just whichever one jumps up. The one that's jumping up and screaming wants you to know a certain thing because that's what really matters to her. Mm-hmm. Another one that's jumping up and screaming wants you to know that you need to focus on your business because that's kind of what their area is. Mm-hmm. You have to keep in mind the different guide that the person's connecting with. Mm-hmm. And not all psychics connect with spirit guides. Some people just see it in symbols mm-hmm. or they see it in your aura. But yeah, I get that question a lot. And I don't, I don't really know how to answer it, quite mm-hmm. frankly, because... You know, we all see different things. We will yeah. misinterpret things sometimes. Yeah. We'll interpret things differently. Or we'll see a different piece of the same puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just kind of have to feel it out. Yeah. No, that makes total sense to me. I think it's sometimes hard for people to... That's why I think, like, whenever someone's going to go see a psychic, I'm like, you have to understand, like... Like what you were saying before, like when we were talking about the foreign lands thing, and I told some of my friends that, and like they're like, "Oh, you think he's from another country?" I'm like, "No, he could travel a lot. He could want to travel a lot, or like, you maybe his parent, like you know, or it, it can be this general connection." And I think also the interpretation is is very interesting. Like there's actually one day we my friend and I were in Encinitas, and we went to a few different psychics, and I, just just for fun. Yeah, um, I do. It's fun, and it was like it was so interesting for me. Whereas I'm I could see both of them got this like we're getting the same like root information, but interpreted it completely differently. Um, and I and like I think experience like that, you start to see like oh, remember everyone is interpreting on some level, right? So like you can take pieces from each person and also you can probably figure things out for yourself too you know like Mm -hmm. you might get something and say like i'm seeing this and then i can put some more meaning behind it yeah i had a my my teacher was gave us a great story it was awesome she said that she was working with a lady and um the person's relative had come to visit and she she sees the woman and she's uh, the dead relative shows herself by lifting up her skirt and showing her vajayjay and she says, I don't know what this means, but I'm just going to tell you what she showed me. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but she's showing me that. Yeah. And and the woman, you know, the client starts laughing and she says, it's because my, my grandmother was a, uh, a, she used to birth babies. There's a word for that. Doula. Yeah. That's what she did for a living. Mm. Midwife. And she said, my, my uh, teacher didn't have a word for midwife in her vocabulary. Uh, so this is how she showed yeah. her. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's the interpretation it's Mm -hmm. it's playing with it do you have a favorite type of client um who had lots of favorites i oddly enough and i don't know if i should say this or not but oddly enough the client who's been cheated on Mm. i find i first of all i can really help those per that person get past it and and feel centered and feel like themselves again Mm But some of those stories are so entertaining. Oh I mean, <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but like what? Oh, like he was cheating on me for with my best friend, and I found out because I saw the text, and there were like these pictures, and then how you find out is always an interesting story too. Yeah. You know, I found condoms in our car, and we haven't used condoms in the last ten years, and oh I God. and it just. I mean, they're awful stories, but sometimes it's like real housewives stories yeah. too. As, as a connoisseur of human folly, I kind of listen and go, what? He did what? He did what? Have you ever, has someone ever come to you like all amped about their relationship and like you're getting like, he's cheating her. Like, do you say that? Yep. Do you tell them? Yep. How does <laughs> no, that I don't go? say it. I don't say that. I, what do you, what happens? Because I feel like they would be like, no, 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 no. You know? 
super amped about their relationship. He's the one. Oh my God, I love him. He's the best guy I've ever had. And I'll, I'll usually the spirit guides are like, he is going to dump her next week. It's not going, he's got this other girlfriend. He's actually more interested in her friend. And I, I have to say the counselor in me has to step back and say, look, your guys are saying you really need to focus on yourself. Mm. I'm feeling like, and I'll say this, I'm feeling like you're projecting onto him Prince Charming and all of the, the Disney movies that you saw as a kid and that's not really true. You mm -hmm. need to step back and, and see, you know, what you want. And I always kind of tell them to come back to themselves and say, what qualities about this guy that you think he has that you are looking for in a partner? Oh, well, he has everything. Mm -hmm. No, I still want you to write him down because even if it doesn't work out with this relationship, and I always say it that way, even if it doesn't work out with this relationship, now you know what you want. You want somebody with a certain level of money. You want somebody who's from a foreign land. You want somebody with a certain occupation. Now you know the qualities so that you can go shopping for the next guy, mm -hmm. right? So it's like going to a restaurant and ordering a hamburger. I know that I like the grilled onions, but I don't like the tomatoes. Yeah, like 100%. Yeah, you, you, now you've got a better shopping list. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know I've seen that a lot. And it's usually, you know, women, we do this all the time, project onto things, this fantasy mm -hmm. that's not real mm -hmm. onto our partner. And when that projection gets taken back and you see the veil of, oh, this guy's a serial cheater. This isn't my guy. Mm -hmm. My soulmate wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Then it's, it's disillusioning and it's hard, but it's a good experience too. Yeah. I have so many friends who battle with not knowing if their partner is the person, like they're like, I love him, but I feel like he's safe and I just don't know if there's something more. Like, I don't have enough dating experience. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like they're mm -hmm. trying to imagine the future. And I'm like, I feel like they should see you. Yeah, it's fun. Well, it's fun. That doubt, you know? It's tough because here's the thing. You know, steamed broccoli and boiled chicken is one of the best foods you can put in your body. You could eat that three times a day and feel really good and healthy and strong. But cake is so much more exciting. Mm -hmm. Why do we focus on the cake, though? The cake mm -hmm. makes us feel not so good. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, who's going to be the better match for you? Who's going to be um, the father of your children? You mm -hmm. have to look at it. As a woman, you have to look at it in the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be the father of my children? Mm -hmm. I, you know, porn is interesting. It makes everything seem so exciting. Anybody who's read mm -hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey, you get all excited and you think relationships like that. And I really hope that relationships are not like that. <laughs> but, you know, you know, we get all the drama and exciting and thinking that's what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. But just having somebody that you love and respect and get along with and that you have similar values yeah. with, that you guys are w walking down the same path together, that's a, there's something very valuable about that. Yeah. Well, what about this idea of a soulmate? I think we have more than one. Mm -hmm. I really do. I, I had a client once came in. She says, I'm 100% convinced that my soulmate died in Vietnam. And I'm like, really? You're like, God's going to be that cruel to you. God's going to give you a soulmate and say, yep, oops, yep, that mortar shot, that's the end of him, too bad. Mm -hmm. You're going to be, for the rest of your life, you're just going to be with just okay. Mm -hmm. No, it's not like that. Yeah, but don't you think also, I mean, well, my opinion, it's like I think you can also be in love with and be very happy with people who are not necessarily your soulmate and that you have more than one person you could be very happy with in many ways. Yeah, and there's a lot of people, I mean, I just think about my own life. You know, I was with a guy that was a, a, a not the best match for me, mm -hmm. but it was a lot of fun for a little while and he, he helped me grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Could we call that a soulmate? Because for the two years that I was with him, I thought I learned so much and I became a better person and mm -hmm. I became a better match for the next guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that could be true. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's tough because I think there are probably a number, you know, somebody who's emotionally healthy could probably find a number of people that they could be very happy with. Mm-hmm. Is your most, in your case, your most ideal match is probably going to be somebody who's going to be content with your lifestyle mm-hmm. because you're going to travel and you're going to be a healer and you're going to help people. Mm-hmm. They need to be okay with the fact that you're going to make a ton of money mm-hmm. and you're going to have it. You're going to want things. They need to be not intimidated by that. There need to be okay with the fact that you're going to be traveling the world and going to Greece and giving seminars and workshops. You can't date a guy that, that feels like you need to stay home and raise the babies. Mm-hmm. That's not your guy. Mm-hmm. You have to think bigger picture than that. Who's going to be okay with what's, what's going on? I know I get a lot of clients who are like, I'm not sure if I should marry this guy because it's just he's a great match, but he's a great guy. But I don't know. You have to play with that with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't love him or you guys are fighting, if you're fighting all the time, you need to look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, but if... If it's steamed broccoli and boiled chicken, is that so bad? Yeah, true. <laughs> what do you think about, this is big in the like wellness space, I feel mm-hmm. like, especially the last year, is ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. I've tried it. Mm. I Oh, no, not ayahuasca. I'm sorry. I tried San Pedro. Okay. That was the other one. Um, I have mixed feelings on that. You know, trying San Pedro myself, mm-hmm. I was glad I did it. I had this experience. I did it with a bunch of friends. I was I was with a shaman mm-hmm. who was guiding the whole process and making sure we were all safe. We were actually in a locked environment. Was mm-hmm. I make it sound like a prison, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was safe. Yeah. It was totally safe. It was super safe. I thought it was a good experience, but I, at the end of the day, I felt like I wasn't sure I really, that it really changed my life. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure that it wouldn't have been better to just book two extra sessions with my own hypnotherapist. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of clients who tell me that they did the ayahuasca and they spent all night vomiting and throwing up. And some of them say this was this great thing and it changed their whole life mm-hmm. and uh, good for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just feel like it's a good way of escaping. Sometimes yeah. people see it as a shortcut. Um, it's a tough one. If you've had a wonderful experience and it, it changed you, I'm happy for you. And I'm glad that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily endorse that because I do feel like sometimes people just use it as escape. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, spending the money, you know, sometimes people go to Peru to do ayahuasca and it's, we're talking about $2,000. Imagine mm-hmm. if you spent $2,000 on, you know, psychotherapy. Yeah. How much better off you would be. Yeah. The people, I don't want to do that. They're yeah. just going to talk about my problems. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do need to massage the bruise mm-hmm. in order to heal it. So yeah. I, I have mixed feelings on that. No, I'm 100% on the same page, honestly, like, cause people ask me to, but I haven't really said it on the podcast before, but I feel the same. I think it's like a shortcut. And I feel like my opinion is like, you have to earn the right, earn the right to get there in terms of like, there's so many things you can do consciously or like subconsciously without the medicine, you know, like you could do hypnotherapy, you could do past life regression here, you could do energy healing work here, you could do regular like therapy, you know, there's so many things that I think people need to go through first and then like kind of earn the right to get there rather than just like hop right in before doing any of the the harder work. I agree. It's just the idea of taking a pill. I take a pill and it's going to be, I'm going to just get this amazing experience. I don't know how many times clients have gone and this actually happened fairly recently, a client went to Peru and comes back with more questions than than they had before. Yeah. You know, because they had this amazing experience, but now they're, they want to know, was I really molested when I was a kid? Did this really happen? Yeah. I'm like, you know, if we had done hypnotherapy, the 20 sessions <laughs> that you could have paid for by not going to Peru, we would have had all the answers yeah. to all those questions and you would have been doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just was curious what you thought. It's very, it's very hot right now. I'm glad I, I'm glad I had that experience because when mm-hmm. people ask me this question, now I know the answer. But, um, and everyone has a very different experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, San Pedro is the milder Mm -hmm. version of ayahuasca is much more intense from what I understand. I've never done the other one. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did it, but I haven't done it it again. People always ask if I, and like, I would, 
I would do it, but like not yet. Like I have so many mm-hmm. things I still am doing here, like energetically, the psychics, you know, like I'm like, maybe I'll do it later, but I'm like not going to hop into it, you know? So I would a hundred percent, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't say you guys have to make sure you're supervised. Yeah. 100%. You have to make sure it's with the shaman. Don't just buy the stuff, drink it at home. And oh just, yeah. That's no scary. way. You've yeah. got to be protected, guided. Uh, stuff's going to come up. You need mm-hmm. to be able to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be driving home. Yeah. No, it needs to definitely be with yeah. someone. It needs who, to be sacred. Yeah. 100%. It needs to be a sacred thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, okay. So, I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about this and I want you to touch on, you know, cause I know you see a lot of virtual clients mm-hmm. and then in person and people always ask me this. So I'll ask you, is it not as effective when it's virtual? Oh my God. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Cause I really have wanted to tell people this, please, please, please don't see in person as the only way, because here's the deal. I drove here, mm-hmm. right? I had the experience of traffic. Mm-hmm. I had the experience of, is this the right exit? Is that the right exit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a homeless guy standing on the corner. Am I safe? Do I, did I lock the door? Did I roll up the window? Yeah. All of that anxiety that happened is part of the driving over here mm-hmm. process, going to a strange place, mm-hmm. which is a nice neighborhood. He's mm-hmm. a nice neighborhood. <laughs> but all of that didn't have to happen if, if the appointment had been virtual. Yeah. Now, I know for what we were doing, this needed to be in person. Mm-hmm. But Imagine if you bring all of that into a sacred session and you want to work on confidence issues and now you've got all this baggage of, did I find, am I in the right space? Is it on the right time? Mm-hmm. All of that. And I'm, as an intuitive, having to sort through all of those emotions mm-hmm. of you need to get calm before mm-hmm. we can really do the work. All of that if for an in-person pers- appointment. Mm-hmm. So let's say the same appointment is virtual. Mm-hmm. The client's in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. They got the cat on their lap. They got their dog over there. Mm-hmm. They're not having to worry about a babysitter. They didn't have to drive in traffic. I, because I'm intuitive and I'm using my intuition for mm-hmm. this, I can tune in a lot more easily mm-hmm. with this calm person who's mm-hmm. on the other side of the line than this person who's now anxious across from me. Mm-hmm. And people will say, but I, you know, I like to feel your energy. Trust me, you can still feel my energy. <laughs> Over the internet. The same magic that Mm -hmm. happens in session happens over the internet. Mm -hmm. Only all of this baggage stuff goes away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about your appointments, but for me, virtual, I can offer a lot more time slots. I Mm -hmm. can offer later. I can offer earlier than I could do in person because I have an office mate. Yeah. She's got the office on Mondays. Mm -hmm. I can't do... I can't do certain things. Yeah. Virtual is way better, particularly if the practitioner is using any kind of intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, psychic readings, by the way, are way better uh, over the phone too, mm. because I'll give you a great example. I had a model come in from a, she'd just gotten back from a photo shoot and she mm-hmm. comes in and she's all hair and makeup. She's like cocktail dress. She was beautiful, lots of perfume. And I was like, whoa. And I said, I couldn't tune in. And I said, you know, I, this is odd, but I feel like this isn't you that this is all a facade. Yeah. And as soon as she said that, as soon as I said that, she started crying. She says, yes, this is how I make my living, but this isn't who I am. And then all of a sudden the mask was down. Mm -hmm. But imagine if that same appointment had been virtual Mm -hmm. and the mask was gone and I was just a voice. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be distracted by the kind of car she drove to get here or her dog that she came with. All of that stuff goes away and it's much more easily, you're much more easily able to make a a real connection with the person. And I'm sure you've noticed this too. People's voices are different mm-hmm. when they're talking about something they're really emotional about or they really care about. And it's much easier to hear that when it's just the voice or mm-hmm. when it's just the video than if they're sitting across from you. Mm-hmm. Virtual is way better. Yeah. It's way better. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish everybody realized that because I get yeah. this, oh, I want to come in. I have to come in. No, you don't. Yeah. There's traffic. Why yeah. would you come in? Why would you 100%. do that to yourself? Yeah. Well, people always ask me, like distance Reiki, people like, 
don't believe that distance Reiki will work. I'm like, I, cause I have the same experience. It's like, I feel like I get strong, sometimes the stronger readings, like when I, they're not there, you know, cause it's like, they're so relaxed. It's so quick. It's like 30 minutes lay down where you're at. Close, mm-hmm. close your eyes, you know? Um, cause you're tuning so, into their energetic yeah. body and you can see in their energetic mm-hmm. body much more easily what's going on mm-hmm. than if you're having to, you're thinking, well, that's a really pretty dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, where did they, I wonder where they got yeah. that bag. Yeah. Like all of this human yeah. stuff, you're a human being, you're going to yeah. do that. It's, it's just, especially energy. with auras for me, oh, it helps yeah. me so much when I don't know what they're wearing. You yeah. know, like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really, yeah. getting too many colors. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you gave that explanation. Yeah, I mean, the green dress yeah. definitely clashes with the yellow aura. Yeah. You know, like, how am I going to see the different shades of the yellow yeah. that are in their aura if they're wearing yeah. that green dress? Now, exactly. everybody's going to want to come to my session, like, wearing neutral clothes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> everyone's going to want to do a virtual session. Well, thank so you for better. explaining that. Okay, so tell everyone, like, where they can find more from you. I'm sure they're going to want to connect further. Oh, I would love to connect further. <laughs> uh, if you go to my website, soulconnecthypnotherapy.com, there's all kinds of free stuff. And you can actually go to soulconnecthypnotherapy.com slash free. And there's a lot of free stuff. I've got free meditations. I've got the first 50 pages of my weight loss book, Feed Your Real Hunger, is there. And you, I think you get the first 30 pages of my new book, Tales from the Trance, is there. Plus, I've got free meditations. And in the, a whole free weight loss book is on there, too. There's a lot of cool stuff. But if yeah. you go to the website, um, I do remote uh, sessions remotely, you know, virtually. We know it's better. Mm-hmm. And um, you just go to soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. And there you go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks so much. I want to applaud you too, though, because your stuff is really amazing. Like I look, I've read your newsletters and I'm like, wow, it's amazing. Thank you. That's so sweet. I appreciate it. In addition to being super rich later on. Oh my gosh. I hope I will. You totally will be. Thank you so much to Jill for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I love her so much and I highly recommend getting hypnotherapy from her. You can find more from Jill at soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. That link will be in the show notes as well. And if you enjoyed this, make sure you share it with someone who you think would find it interesting. And if you share it on social media, be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. I love when you guys share the episodes on social media. It really means the world to me. And if you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Real this podcast tribe i would love to see you there just search for that on facebook and of course if you haven't already please leave a rating and a review on itunes if you want to show some support for the show to help me get the word about the podcast to other people so we can grow our community all right that is it for today's episode i hope you have an awesome rest of your day enjoy your holiday weekend and i will chat with you again next time bye